the vaping business. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, weather definitely turned out to be the headline maker yesterday around Wisconsin. Will there be more of the same this morning? It's five minutes after five o'clock on a finally Friday morning. It is the 15th day of March, and boy, did the snow disappear. But it also causes a lot of problems for a lot of communities that are looking at flooding situations this morning. For today, not as warm as it was yesterday, partly sunny skies on the way, 39 are expected high. Don't be surprised if you see a snowflake this morning here or there. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, 38. Sunday, mostly sunny, 41. Monday, back to normal conditions, partly sunny skies and 42. I don't see any more of that real, real warm weather till about Thursday of next week. We'll talk with Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, on weather details in about 15 minutes. And our guest this morning, Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group, talking all things dairy before 6. Local commercial knowledge with local experience. That's how Rural Mutual Insurance has been protecting businesses in Wisconsin since 1934. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local company that knows you and your needs? Rural Mutual is the number one writer of farms and the third largest writer of commercial business in the state of Wisconsin. We only do business in Wisconsin, so premiums paid here stay here. To keep Wisconsin strong, contact your local Rural Mutual Insurance expert or visit us at RuralMutual.com to learn how you can protect what matters most. Losing a loved one is never easy, and probably one of the last things you are thinking about at the time is whether or not that loved one was a hero and an organ donor. I'm Pam Yonke. Al Wright from Barneveld can tell you all about it. He lost his wife, and while sitting in the hospital waiting room, the family remembered that she wanted to be an organ donor. We sitting around, you know, and my son said, didn't mom want to be a donor? I gosh, she did. You know, you're not thinking of that at the time. That's Al Wright from Barneveld. His wife, as an organ donor, became a hero to some 50 people that were touched by tissue, eye, or organ donations from her. It's easy to do. You can register now online. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. Today, there's more than 3,000 Wisconsinites waiting for an organ, tissue, or eye donation. You could become their hero. DonateLifeWisconsin.org. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, at this year's exciting WPS Farm Show, March 26th through the 28th at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Pam will be live in the booth with Focus on Energy, Wednesday morning from 9 until 10.30 a.m. So stop on by to say hello and learn about all the Focus on Energy cash incentives to grow your agribusiness's energy efficiency and save you money. Focus on Energy, partnering with Wisconsin Utilities to help residents and businesses reduce energy waste. See you this year at the WPS Farm Show. Well, we uh, suddenly feeling a bit of a turnaround as far as our weather's concerned. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. We we tease about Madison being the banana belt. Uh, temperatures that were in the low to mid 50s earlier this week, Bob, suddenly taking a change this morning. You know, you talk about the banana belt. You just never know what we're going to bring to folks as far as conversation is concerned and the commodities that our folks in Wisconsin can grow. And in fact, hazelnuts is now a topic among growers. And there was a large gathering of growers here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire a week or so ago. 
And uh, investors are there, impact investors, people interested in investing money in ways to show the slow climate change, are looking at investing in hazelnut production. One of those groups is Savannah Institute, a Madison-based nonprofit organization, and uh, they were at the hazelnut meeting in Eau Claire. Scott Schultz had a chance to talk to some of those folks, including Scott Brainerd of the Savannah Institute, about the organization's work in that regard. And he asked Scott about uh, the Institute's mission and why they're working to make those linkages with hazelnut growers. Our mission is to support diverse agroforestry systems. Uh, So that essentially means supporting the cultivation of trees on farms instead of just uh, corn and soybean, which is what you see when you drive around the Midwest. And there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons, uh, ecological reasons, to grow trees instead of just monocultures of corn and soy. Uh, they have really positive impacts in terms of a, having a permanent root system in the soil that can capture excess nutrient runoff. They can provide habitat for a more diverse array of animals than would be possible if you're just growing these corn-soy rotations every year. But one of the really unique benefits of a crop like hazelnuts, which is what we're talking about today, is that they have a permanent woody uh, above-ground biomass that captures carbon. So plants are mostly carbon. They capture it out of the air through photosynthesis, photosynthesis, and they can also uh, put a lot of that carbon back into the soil through their root system. And what some of the wealthiest impact investors in the world are concerned about right now, like a lot of us, is climate change. And they're trying to figure out innovative solutions to try to mitigate climate change. One of the ways to do that is to grow more perennial crops. And so what we were asked to do was put together a plan to figure out how can they best uh, mobilize their assets to get more hazelnuts growing in the Midwest. You guys haven't been approached by investors, so to speak, in the past, I'm assuming. And uh, this is kind of a new thing for the Savannah Institute. Yeah, it is. Uh, right now, up till now, the Savannah Institute has been engaged in a lot of farming tra- fa- farmer training programs, doing uh, research and development in collaboration with farmers and universities. And uh, so this type of work of putting together an impact investment report for a, for a large investment firm was definitely a new project for me. It was a new project for the Savannah Institute. And so the way we approached that was essentially trying to talk to as many people on the ground who are currently involved in this work, both in the Midwest, where there is a lot of support for this industry. There's a lot of people who are trying to make it happen and who have spent their careers trying to make it happen. But we also spent a lot of time with people on the West Coast in Oregon, in the Willamette Valley, where right now 99% of the U.S. hazelnuts are grown and also uh, with folks in New Jersey at Rutgers University, which is the other place in the U.S. where folks are trying to grow hazelnuts right now, trying to learn from their successes and see uh, what kinds of investments would best allow us to kind of overcome the challenges we have looking at the, yeah, the successes and failures that have, that have happened in Oregon right now. No impact investing. That's, those are kind of new words in our, in our yeah. world. It would seem that there's 
plenty of areas for people to put their money where climate change is concerned. Yeah, it's an interesting problem that I wasn't aware of either before I got involved in this work that really wealthy people who want to do something good with their money are actually struggling in times to figure out uh, what there, there is a lack of capacity in terms of being able to uh, take really large sums of money and mobilize them effectively to combat climate change. Um, of course, there's a myriad of strategies out there for how we should address this problem, and planting hazelnuts is not, of course, the, uh, the only one. But uh, agriculture constitutes a large fraction of global greenhouse gas emissions. And what a lot of impact investors who have, who, who have a, a interest in agriculture and the way that we grow food, so maybe that's subsetting the impact investment world a little bit, but if that's your concern, I think there's been a frustration with uh, incremental type solutions that are aimed at refining the way that farming is currently done. So precision agriculture is one of the terms. No-till agriculture are some ways that uh, folks have tried to incrementally improve current production systems. And what uh, what these impact investors who approached us are interested in is really transforming the landscape, really changing the, moving the needle on climate change by uh, planting in really quite substantial acreage of a new crop. And that could actually, uh, in order to accomplish these kinds of lofty goals, you have to be kind of transformative in your approach. And so that's, uh, that, in, in that regard, there aren't <laughs> too many ideas out there. This is one, um, and so we're hoping to be able to continue this work with, uh, with other tree crops. There aren't too many ideas like this out there. Did hazelnuts just jump right out there? Were, were you guys working on hazelnut uh, ideas at the Savannah Institute? You mentioned the realities of uh, what hazelnuts can do, mm-hmm. but why hazelnuts in particular and were, was that on the radar when uh, you realized that these investors are starting to look for places to put their money? Yeah, we certainly were not the, the first ones to come up with this idea uh, in the Midwest or, or really in the country. There's a, been a long history of folks working on this in the upper Midwest, uh, going back to the early 20th century um, with people like Carl Weschke and more recently uh, Phil Rudder at Badger Set in Canton, Minnesota, and Mark Shepard, who's here at the conference today uh, with uh, Forest Ag Enterprises in Viola. Both of these individuals have been, been involved in this for, for decades and decade, decades, most of their lives. Um, and as you can see, we've got a full room of folks uh, in the conference today, who some of which have been involved in this for, for decades, and some of which are, are just hearing about this now for the first time. So that's really exciting. And for us as the Savannah Institute, we've definitely been aware of hazelnuts um, and as, as a potential crop that you know, really does grow well in the upper Midwest, but isn't grown that widely. And so we've taken a kind of dual approach in our perspective, in our thinking about this, which is that uh, there's two tree crops that, that seem to have really great potential immediately. Chestnuts, which have a lot of the biochemical properties of, of corn, and hazelnuts, which have a lot of the biochemical properties of soybean. So if you think about the latent potential of these tree crops, uh, they could potentially plug into the supply chains for those two absolutely massively uh, grown commodity crops. 
And because of that, they have a lot of potential. So there's a lot of tree crops out there. There's a lot of perennial crops out there that could be grown on diverse farms immediately. But in terms of uh, crops that have the potential to be planted on a, a really large acreage in uh, on our extremely fertile soils in the Midwest, th those two do jump out as having perhaps uh, the most uh, immediate potential. That's Scott Brainerd here at the Upper Midwest Hazelnut Conference in Eau Claire on the northern end of the world's longest barn. In Eau Claire, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. The hardest working people in America deserve the hardest working products. Blaine's Farm and Fleet has the hard working ag parts and supplies you need to keep your job moving along. Like Red Brand Field Fence, a 47 inch by 330 foot 12 and a half gauge roll of fence, just $155.99 after mail in rebate. Save $150 on a 55 gallon three point sprayer from Fimco. On sale, just $529.99. Or pick up a 20-gallon tow-behind sprayer. It's priced at $229.99. Balin 50-inch by 12-foot, 6-rail, 20-gauge utility gates, now $79.99. And Double H Red Top Hitch Pins in various sizes, now 15% off. Also at Blaine's Farm and Fleet this week, check out this great doorbuster deal. Rust-Oleum Farm and Implement Paint, now 10% off. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. We'd like to say it's straight from the horse's mouth, but she advised us against it. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 519 as we get rolling on a finally Friday morning. Uh, getting rainfall reports this morning. Thank you, Dell. Good morning. He's in North Fond Lac. Uh, he picked up, I think you said, another half inch of rain. Uh, a lot of folks this morning are worried about if more rain's on the horizon. A lot of communities have already had sandbagging going into effect. We've had uh, some cancellations of school because roads are flooded. So a lot of folks that are worried about this forecast. Dumak Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype this morning. So I guess uh, the upside is I'm getting more space back in our parking lot. The snow is gone, but boy, there's still some real flooding concerns out there for a lot of our listing area. Absolutely. It's the remnants of what we've seen the last day or so. I mean, that big storm has pulled up into southeast Canada. Just a weak cool front crossing in Wisconsin this morning. Yes, schools canceled here and there. 
The flood watch until 7 a.m. this morning for La Crosse and Boston down along the Mississippi, southern and south central and eastern Wisconsin under a flood warning now put in effect, and that stays in effect until 345 tomorrow morning. So really be on the alert. There's still a lot of water moving, not a lot of additional activity to be seen. Now, because that low is pulled up into Canada, just a weak front pulling into eastern Wisconsin this morning, and that may account for a, a brief period of some sprinkles or more likely just a little wet light snow, uh, light in the amount coming down, but the wet flakes. That's kind of the possibility sticking around for a time this morning, maybe toward midday, but that will be about it. It dries out then. And as we make our way towards Saturday and Sunday, I expect a little drier spell to move in. Temperatures won't be nearly as mild as they were yesterday. We really were warm, well up into the 50s. Madison did hit 60. Nothing like that for today or tomorrow. And then just a slow climb up again into next week. I do need to mention one little small system that will pass on into Iowa and northern Illinois over the weekend. That's the reason in far southern Wisconsin, really only affecting Madison and areas south, there'll be a bit of a snow chance late Saturday night or just into Sunday. I'll have forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. This year, Compere Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. I'm guessing that most people can figure out that I'm a dog person, but really I'm a any animal person. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. But dogs have always had a part in my life from the farm to today. That's why I was really excited to hear about the cutting-edge research going on now at the School of Veterinary Medicine with Dr. David Vale. He's working on a canine cancer vaccine. Can you imagine not having to treat animals with cancer, but instead being able to prevent it? That's just one example of the cutting-edge research right here in our community. But listen, they need more space to move forward with this kind of research. And that's where you come in. It's not just about donating money. It's also about creating conversations in our state. You can write a letter, send an email, make a phone call to your elected officials, letting them know that the UW School of Veterinary Medicine is out of space and needs to expand. Want more details? Jump online. Animals Need Heroes 2 T-O-O.com. Now, the easy and fastest way to order Ag Parts is with Sloan Express, America's Ag Parts supplier. Simply put, Sloan Express is a lower price alternative to original manufacturer parts. And now, free shipping on orders over $195 right to your front door. Plus, we offer free shipping to 20 Sloan locations. Enter code WISCONSIN10 at checkout and save 10%. Get your free catalog online at SloanEX.com or call today. All righty, Stu, let's get some more weather details out there for the weekend. We still still have a, quite a few folks that are going to be anxious about uh, any rain or that that might be on the way. Oh, absolutely. And the good word is anything that does happen yet this morning is really going to be light. And if we get a little of that snow in southern Wisconsin Saturday night, Sunday, it'll be really, really light. But we do have the flood watch and warning still in effect 
and we expect a slight chance of a little rain or a few snowflakes for time this morning, and otherwise pretty much a cloudy day. Some breaks in the clouds in the west, upper 30s today, northwest winds 10 to 20, will gust near 30. Overnight, mostly cloudy, a little clearing late as we drop to the low 20s. The northwest winds still strong, 10 to 20 gusting near 30. Mostly sunny Saturday, and around 36, mid-30s if you will, northwest winds at 5 to 10. And Sunday, partly sunny elsewhere, mostly cloudy in the south with a really slight chance of light snow south, upper 30s and around 40 on Sunday, Pam, northwest winds 5 to 10. And by Monday, I'd expect the upper 30s and then back into the 40s by Tuesday. All right. Good deal. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a good St. Patrick's Day weekend. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist. Lacrosse, this morning you've got cloudy skies. You're sitting at 36. Mauston, cloudy and 36. Fond du Lac, cloudy and 37. Oshkosh, cloudy and 36. Madison at the airport, cloudy and 36 degrees. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I-39 Supply, your weekend warrior warehouse. I-39 Supply's word of the day, mushroom. Man, you look in that snowmobile trailer, so mushroom. Trailers and more, five miles south of Portage, I-39Supply.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. I've always had it in the back of my mind of wanting to do it. I wanted to wait till I was done having kids. My husband and I talked about it, and it was just something that it was time to do and, yeah, fix things, make them beautiful again. (laughs) I decided on the Ideal Implant because it was best for my body type. Before I had the Ideal Implants, I was very self-conscious about just being in a swimsuit or being around my husband. So I was very clear with Dr. Bartell that I wanted to look natural, not fake or overwhelming. I wanted it to fit my body. It's given me definitely more confidence in who I am since I've had the ideal implant. Dr. Bartell gave me my body back. Now after having kids, I can really enjoy my body again. Dr. Thomas Bartell specializes exclusively in surgical body recontouring procedures and is an ideal implant premier surgeon. For more information, go to drbartell.com. I am so proud to have six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers in Madison that meticulously work under microscopes, producing some of the finest custom jewelry Madison has ever seen. If you want your beautiful engagement ring or anything custom with the utmost accuracy, you'll only be able to have it done at Chalmers Jewelers. Six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers is why Chalmers Jewelers is voted Best of Madison Gold year after year. 
I wasn't expecting him to even have the ring for me. I thought we were just going to go in and just kind of look. I had decided to ask her to marry me in the store. He proposed to me at Chalmers Jewelers. I was speechless. But I was so taken back that the only thing I could do was cry. It was everything that I'd hoped it would be, and the surprise and the ring were perfect for the perfect woman in my life. Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton. It's the kind of charge you were never expecting. Ah! Hidden charges. You've got to be kidding me. Airline companies do it all the time. Check baggage, flight rebooking fees, and so on. As other industries took notice, everyone began implementing hidden charges into what otherwise you thought were complimentary services. When you have a plumbing issue, the last thing you need is another surprising charge. With Benjamin Plumbing in the surrounding Madison area, you never pay a trip charge. When others say, Well, we gotta roll a truck and that's gonna cost blah 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 blah. Benjamin Plumbing says, in the surrounding Madison area, no trip charge. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say no trip charge in the surrounding Madison area, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Shop with your heart. Mm-hmm. Great place to start. Mm-hmm. On your budget and community. Reduce, reuse. Mm-hmm. Recycle too. Mm-hmm. We can do it all at St. Vinny's. Oh, let's go shop St. Vinny's. Yeah. Let's go shop St. You're my parent, and I'll always need you. No matter their age, your children never stop counting on you. Visit parenting.org or call the Boys Town National Hotline at 800-448-3000 for free parenting advice. We'll start with the uh, the latest news, which Ebo uh, and I both was a bit of a head-scratcher. I mean, I, I get it from the personnel standpoint of what Matt LaFleur wants to do and what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do with the connection. But, boy, based on Ty Montgomery's dismissal and Winston Moss' dismissal, based on comments they made, you know, I'm talking about Mercedes Lewis, who had some critical comments about the quarterback in the offseason on a podcast. Are you surprised they brought him back? You know what, Joe? I, I am a little bit surprised, but like you said, I I think clearly this shows you that that running the football in Green Bay is no longer going to be lip service. They they need a, a tight end who can block, and he, he was clearly the best one on the roster last year. Mike McCarthy never was quite sure what to do with Mercedes Lewis or how to employ him and, and things like that. Jimmy Graham doesn't block. Lance Kendricks didn't block. Tanya's not a blocker. Now maybe they draft a guy who's who's a complete tight end, and, and he does some blocking along the way. But but I think this absolutely covers their bases, Joe, as they try to trend more. I, I don't think they'll ever be a 50-50 pass-run team, Joe, under under Matt LaFleur. Um, if, if they're going to give Rodgers the ability to check out a plays at the line of scrimmage, I just I don't know how that's going to going to ever happen. But I don't think you're going to ever see a year again where in the, they're in the high 60s in terms of percentage passing the football like they have been multiple times in the McCarthy era, I think that ended up about 65-35 top to bottom, so almost 2-1 to one, uh, in terms of pass versus run. I think Green Bay is probably far closer next year to 
Visiting with our Packer insider Rob Reichel, and, and I guess that's the, the the final point on this one, Robbie, is because yeah, I mean from a blocking perspective, Lewis fits the bill. You know, you go back to Ty Montgomery was he, was he traded so much for the decision to bring the ball out, or or more of the his reaction, or you know, not being very you know culpable of it afterwards. Yeah, I think Joe that that was a, you know that clearly had nothing to do with Rogers. I, I think that that had everything to do. Uh, number one was the decision and a, and a real defiance there uh, to listen to coaching and to be coached. And then number two, um, just the way he handled it on the following Monday where he tried to run from so much of the blame and, and put it on others and, and things like that. Joe, I just I don't think that was a guy you could bring back into, into your locker room. Um, if, if he was one of your five best players on the football team, then yeah, uh, you, you, you find a way to get past that stuff and and you have a, a, a team meeting, and you, you powwow and get together, and, and you figure it out that way uh, to keep a guy like that. But, but at best, Joe, he was a fringe player. He, he was your 38th most important player or something like that on your roster. That That's a guy that's far easier to move on from um, and make a statement, really, to the rest of the guys uh, than, than somebody who's, who's one of your elite, elite players. So I, I think Montgomery's a, a totally different situation in terms of what happened there last year. And my, Montgomery bought a ticket out of town, Joe, just uh, with, with the entire entire situation there. Number one, the decision to come out. Number two, how he handled it post-fumble. Uh, you know, uh, visiting with our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, bombingatfootballforbes.com. So another guy they bring back is Geronimo Allison. But this one's interesting to me too, Rob, because they, they give him like the, the minimum and he's a, you know, a, a non-tender deal so another team can sign him. Now the Packers would have an opportunity to match it, but if they don't, you know, then he just walks and they don't get any compensation. I mean, is this a game of chicken or are the Packers confident that the, the two million bucks they're giving Allison is going to be enough to, to keep him and then another team's going to not swoop in? Because, I mean, look, this was a guy that before the injury was probably thought of as the, the second or maybe third option last year to start the season. Yeah, but I think you're going to have a key point there, Joe. Be, you know, before the injury, we've you know, we, we've had a few years here in Allison, and they, and they keep waiting and waiting and waiting for that explosion and that eruption, and, and, and it really hasn't happened yet. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 535 now on a finally Friday morning. Our man Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group is going to be joining us before 6 o'clock. Uh, give us a little idea on why the dairy markets have been so erratic over the past couple days. Yesterday was a big rally day for dairy. Barrel cheese was up six and a quarter cents. 40-pound block cheese up three cents. We'll find out a little bit more about why that's happening when Mike gets to us coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. On this day back in 1980, 
Mikhail Gorbachev became the president of the Soviet Union. Also on this date, back in 1972, Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather premiered. Considered one of the most popular films of the time, this started back in 1972. And now you know. Well, what I found out yesterday is our county farm service agency offices are still very busy trying to catch up with all the work that was delayed because of the government shutdown. And now they're eagerly awaiting details on putting together the 2018 Farm Bill. Sandy Chalmers is the executive director of the Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. She was in studio with me yesterday and talked a little bit about what it's like trying to play catch up after that government shutdown and with all the bad weather Wisconsin farmers have faced. Well, our initial project when we got back to work and after the shutdown was to uh, get caught up on market facilitation program payments. Uh, we had a number of requests for commodity loans, and um, some loan, loan applications had been submitted to us. So um, there, w- I would call it catch-up, not uh, uh, a backlog that was okay. impossible to work through. So I feel like we're, we're in a good spot right now. Um, our our loan applications are actually down a little bit from last year, and that could be a number of things um, triggering that. But um, one thing is that the new farm bill just passed at the end of 2018 makes uh, increases loan limits for farmers, which you know would be will be very welcome to many. And it it could be that a lot of lenders were waiting for us to implement those higher loan limits before they sent the loan applications in. So um, that helped us get caught up more quickly. Uh, But right now we're in a good spot and just really looking forward to implementing the provisions of the new farm bill. The other caveat, because you're in Wisconsin, you are the information gathering spot for all the damage done by the heavy snow and the and the wicked winter. Give me, I know that you've probably got numbers that are in being processed now. Give me your sense, Sandy, talking with other county offices that have been impacted. What's your sense on numbers? Are we going to get to that trigger where we might have to declare disaster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're still getting reports in from farmers after the snow uh, last weekend. But uh, snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm um, fell, and and it seems like the most impacted areas: Trempolo, Buffalo, Chippewa, that that part of the um, western part of the state. Um, we had a number of barns collapse or roof partially caved in. Um, many, many machine sheds, pole sheds, lean-tos, uh, heifer barns, and of course some freestall barns as well. Um, I looked this morning to see kind of where we are. We have reports from uh, 160 producers on building damage alone, and many producers reported multiple structures, either down or severely damaged. So you think about what happens when a building collapses. There's also uh, damage to machinery and, of of course, livestock losses. How long will you be gathering that information? Because we're just now starting to feel a bit of a thaw where we can really start to see some, you know, and it could could be water pipes, could be a lot of those things. How long do you expect to be gathering these kinds of damage reports, Sandy? I think we're at a spot now where we can adequately document the weather event itself and the the fact that multiple producers in multiple counties have seen damage to structures and livestock losses. Um, so we're we're 
putting together a package now um, because there were no crop losses, you know, associated with this. It wouldn't be a secretarial designation. Um, It's a request that would go to the administrator. Um, But remember, a disaster designation with USDA makes uh, available low-interest emergency loans. We have a number of disaster programs that are available whether there's a, a disaster designation or not. So we recommend that producers with livestock losses especially give us a call and report their losses. We can get that on record. We can get through the paperwork. And we can also walk a producer through the various programs and the provisions that may apply to them, given their unique situation. And, uh, you know, we don't expect a producer to have memorized all these different programs and the changes that that are always happening. But let us walk you through that process one-on-one, and we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help you get back on your feet. Sandy Chalmers, she's the executive director of the Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. So if you're one of those farms that is still kind of living through the repercussions of the heavy winter snow that is suddenly disappearing around the state, or you suffered some kind of other weather-related damages, don't forget, check in with your county Farm Service Agency office. Make sure you're reporting those details. Another item that Sandy reminded me about yesterday, I know there's a lot of farmers that are still kind of waiting for a thumbs up, a thumbs down from their lenders. How much is your operating credit going to be this year? Uh, Are you going to get any? Remember, the Farm Service Agency Office has uh, got low interest loans that may be available to you. In the 2018 Farm Bill, some of the caps on those loan values went up. And Sandy Chalmers says, if you've been turned down by your conventional lender, remember, you can always turn to the Farm Service Agency Office and see if they've got something to get you going this spring. But uh, make an appointment before you show up so that they're prepared. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Back with a look at markets and Mike North coming your way before six o'clock. Commodity Risk Management Group. It is almost 542. When you're in for improving your energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for growing your farm's energy savings. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-947-7828 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. Come see us at this year's WPS Farm Show, booth A3503. Hey, I got a secret, and it's not really that great a secret, but still, mark down March 14th through the 17th on your calendar. Why? Because it's Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Yep, Customer Appreciation Days. I speak with experience. This is the best deal of the year at McFarland's. Great deals, great savings, and a whole lot of fun. March 14th through the 17th. I don't care what you're looking for, in what department. Remember, they're all under one roof at McFarland's. You're going to find deals. So if you're thinking about those spring projects, everything from gardening right on through to some of that lawn work you're going to have to do or the field work you're going to have to do, maybe it's an event coming up. They'll take care of you. Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, March 14th through the 17th. At Compere Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. 
And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compere Financial Crop Insurance Specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compere.com. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. 10 o'clock today, the Dairy Task Force 2.0 having another full group meeting. It's going to be over in Sheboygan. Governor Tony Evers is expected to be there and get briefed on some of the progress that's been made. I'm sure our Wisconsin Ag Secretary-elect Brad Paff will be there as well. Markets and overnight electronic trade are a little bit mixed, but pretty quiet. Right now, May corn's unchanged. December corn down a penny, 393 a bushel. May soybeans are up three quarters of a cent. November beans also up three quarters of a cent overnight at 933 and a half. May wheat's down two and a half. July new crop down two and three quarter cents right now, four fifty seven a bushel. Dairy trade yesterday, barrel cheese was up six and a quarter cents, one forty eight and three quarters. Forty pound block cheese up three at one fifty six. Double A butter half cent higher at two twenty eight and a half per pound. In overnight trade, April milk is up a penny at fifteen ten. May milk that closed fourteen cents stronger yesterday at fifteen thirty three a hundredweight. All right, what's going on with the dairy complex? We found out that Wisconsin's January milk production went up this week. What else does Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group say percolating in dairy? He joins us live next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The skills you can develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you an edge in the high-tech job market of tomorrow. The Guard offers career training to take advantage of your skills in science, technology, engineering, and math that can help give you a leg up to a high-paying and rewarding STEM profession. Gain practical experience with emerging technology and equipment not found in the civilian world. The Army National Guard can get you started in an array of STEM-related career fields such as information technology, communication systems, special forces engineers, technical engineering, air traffic control, and chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear science. Get a head start on your career in an exciting new field while earning money to pay for college, all while serving in your own community. Log on to NationalGuard.com or talk to a recruiter in your area to learn about all of the STEM career opportunities available to you in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. Outstanding in her field, this is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young. 547 on a Friday morning. If you're standing in a field, chances are you better have hip waders on with the weather we've got. 
around Wisconsin. Again, a lot of you folks I know impacted by flood advisories. Maybe you've been sandbagging, trying to keep yourself dry. Hopefully, by the time we get to next week, we will be dried out, and uh, this will be nothing but a a faded memory. Mike North, Commodity Risk Management Group, he's with us this morning live from Platteville. You said it's uh, it's looking plenty muddy in your backyard too, huh? Oh yeah, the creeks are all out of the banks and uh, the snow is mostly gone and it's a wet, wet March. Yeah, indeed. So let's talk a little bit about what's been heating up the market uh, lately, Mike. I'll start with the cheese price because she made some major moves again yesterday on the up, which is good to see. What's been going on with the cheese market lately? Well, it's been an interesting trade, frankly. The 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 uh, block market, which is generally <coughs> what carries the strength in our market, uh, it has been softening up until yesterday when it gained three cents, while the barrel market has tacked on 12 cents in the last three sessions. And so we've tightened up that block barrel spread considerably. Uh, right now, nine and a quarter cents stands between the uh, block and barrel, and that's the tightest that we've been in several months. So it is um, it is a good thing to see. Uh, conversely, we've seen the way market moving the opposite direction, kind of continuing this downward trajectory, and, and way prices are now back to a level not seen since last May, uh, currently trading 32 and a quarter. Is it uh, attracting new buyers? What's, uh, what's happening with uh, distribution on that way product? Well, it kind of feeds off of some of our comments when I was last on your show. We've got growing concerns coming out of China that the African swine fever is having an impact on their herd, and the export possibilities are what's stripping away the premium in the way market, and you're seeing kind of a whole collapse of that uh, entire forward curve as a result, Um, you know, and and I think we saw some really good evidence yesterday that this might be an ongoing threat when uh, China announced that they are buying U.S. pork, even with a 62% tariff. So this is uh, this this might be a bigger story than they've led on, and this could continue to be an issue for us on the wayside. Yeah, I I still am amazed at that story you brought us last time you visited with us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe the bigger picture then, Mike. What kinds of trends are you keeping an eye on? when it comes to fluid prices? Uh, What about our uh, Class 3 situation? What are you kind of keeping an eye on moving forward? Well, the uh, the class three market obviously is a function mainly of cheese and whey. So as we come into the spring, uh, there's a few hot buttons for us. Number one, how do we come through this trade discussion? What comes out of a deal with China? Do we start to sell them more cheese? You know, that's been an opportunity for us in the past. Number two, in that same story, what happens with Mexico? Remember, they're still carrying a 25% tariff on our cheese and retaliation for the steel and aluminum tariffs that we've placed on them and yet to pull off, you know, despite the USMCA. And frankly, uh, we'll be watching that secondarily to see if it's ratified here and and what that evolves into. But um, the other piece that uh, we're watching is how the American consumer rises up with uh, this whole uh, cheese situation. Will they maintain really strong demand? The dairy products report that came out uh, this week essentially revealed that production was lower for cheese, which is very interesting considering that that was preceded by a milk production report that said that milk production was higher even here in Wisconsin. So there's some, 
you know, puzzling pieces that we're still trying to wrap our head around. But uh, all things said and done, it's going to be one of of, of uh, demand and what that does to our, our big supply of cheese. And number two, and this is still an ongoing discussion, what happens to milk production, right? Um, as we come through next Tuesday, we'll get our February milk production report. Um, the big changes to cow numbers in the last one kind of sets us up for a uh, you know, a, a question of will we see some uh, offset to that in this coming report, uh, and what does that do ultimately to, to milk production, not just here but around the country? Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the far west coast for a second, Mike. There's been some discussion, and, and it's been to a certain extent out of our radar in Wisconsin because we're just trying to take care of ourselves and and uh, stay afloat. What's happening in California? Are they a part of the federal milk order now? Uh, I saw numbers this week on, from USDA on how many dairies were lost across the United States. California didn't break the top 10 as far as dairies that were lost. What's happening on the West Coast? So they so they have joined the federal order, and basically now with their system, uh, they still have maintained a quota. Uh, their uh, their quota is still very much alive, and that was one of those uh, big pieces of conversation as they came through the process of joining the orders. Uh, but yes, they're they're very much apart, and um, they have been uh, holding things together, right? I mean, they came through a really bad drought here a couple of years ago that really stressed their operations, and it kind of forced them to get lean and mean before we even came into some of these uh, poor price. Uh, environments and so many of the producers that are there and granted it's not like they're you know excessively profitable right now but they're still just kind of maintaining uh, uh, status quo as we come through these uh, these price squeezes Um, as far as uh, as far as production there yeah they're they're continuing to to even slightly grow so um that that's been a that's been a theme here coming out of the backside of that drought and it looks like it will continue as we go forward so still good uh, production there i got about uh, 45 seconds buddy uh let's talk just a little bit about what's happening so are you uh bullish or bearish on where milk prices are going to be by the time we get through spring flush to june um, spring flush in June, I'm holding more of a, a neutral to slightly bearish tone. Uh, my my horns come out a little bit as we start to get into summer and point towards fall. And again, that's going to be a function of what the consumer does with regard to product and what demand uh, uh, forms forms itself to be. Um, and exports have to fit into that picture too. But um, as we've come through this spring, we've certainly seen a lot of compression on the farm, yeah. and I think over time that plays itself out. So mm-hmm. uh, that that that's that's where we can start to get a little bit optimistic later in the year. But uh, some other things have to happen. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate the update. Uh, Mike North joining us live this morning, Commodity Risk Management Group out of Platteville. We'll catch up with him again one more time before the end of the month. Enjoy your St. Patrick's Day weekend. This is the Farm Report 